Hey everyone, welcome to Rock Bottom Syndicate. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. Rock Bottom is about people who have a story to tell. Life has happened to them in some way and they found themselves at rock bottom and they figured out a way to pivot and adapt to their current situation and look for opportunity. We're experiencing a lot of that right now with the coronavirus in this world pandemic. Um, in this episode with Paul Rogers, my new friend, uh, he talks about the white wolf way, you know, that story, the white wolf and the black wolf. And um, in his uh, website, you can connect up with him in his website, takeactionacademy.ca. Paul is in Canada, so it's CA at the end of that. And you'll find him on LinkedIn as well. So all that information's in the show notes, but just rest assured that this is a fantastic episode where you will learn a lot of um, ways that you can help yourself and perspectives and uh, reassurance that uh, miracles do happen. So I hope you'll enjoy the show. Please do reach out to Paul. He would love it if you do. Of course, you know me. I love when you reach out to me as well. Tell me your rock bottom story or tell me about a friend you have who's hit rock bottom and done something amazing with it. I am so inspired by Paul Rogers and I hope you will be too. So enjoy this episode. Hi, Paul. So happy to have you today on Rock Bottom Syndicate. Fantastic. I'm really delighted to be here and, and uh, thank you for inviting me on. So um, as we've talked before, um, we got a recording that Rock Bottom Syndicate is about um, helping people through telling our stories um, to inspire people and um, talk about our struggles. And when you and I met, we uh, discovered we have some things in common. We're both cancer survivors, um, but you've had some other um, other things happen to you that uh, involved a traumatic brain injury and PTSD and um, out of all of that has come hope and um, a website now where you help people and a book and and plans to continue on with that. So I'd love to hear all about that from you. <laughs> okay, well, um, yes, my, my sort of journey um, really has started only just a couple of years ago. Um, I was uh, in actually March 2018. I was with my family here in Quebec, and it was winter time, and we uh, were on the road, and we were driving over an unmanned railway crossing when a train hit the car. Oh, my. And, yeah, thankfully, I don't know anything about it, um, because we spent 10 days on life support in ICU in one of the hospitals there, and really it's only through what I know through others that actually what happened. Um, so it was, when you hear the phrase life-changing injury, it, I never really got that until actually you have one. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't pick the good, the bad or anything. It's just a perfect accident on this occasion. Mm -hmm. And um, really, a lot of things changed, not just the physical stuff. I mean, there were plenty of injuries, broken neck, broken backs, smashed skull. Um, my son, actually, we were all in the car. I have a four-year-old. He would have been two at the accident. He actually was completely unscathed. Mm. And there's a reason. I had a lovely husky, uh, big white Malumet husky. And apparently what happened is that he jumped over the back seat 
on my wife and my little boy and he saved their lives because he didn't make it and so he had a lot my son had like a harry potter scratch and that was the only injury wow so um yeah it's it's been a, a big big two years wow it's still so very recent when something like like that happens yes i mean when when i actually woke up and they they had to relearn how to walk and everything else i was told by my doctor well you know i think two years for recovery and i just thought that they'd gone off their their minds i was like two years i've got things i want to do i can't i can't sit still for two years um and it's really what happened um when i was not asleep i'll just call it asleep something changed in that when i woke up i had this real burning desire to want to help other people um and it really was turning a disastrous destructive event into something which actually can help somebody else because I can't square in my head that there's any other reason why that would have happened. Yeah. So if you have so much, life is all about balance. Nature does it. Everything does it. Mm -hmm. So if there's bad, then I'm thinking that there has to be an alternative balance of good. So that's kind of been my driving motivation. It's so interesting to me that it, it, it just came to you? Yes. It, it, I mean, I, beforehand, I was a teacher, and I've, I've been a lawyer and a kitesurfing instructor. But I never really saw myself as a writer or anything else. I, I, I said I was spiritual beforehand, but I didn't really actually understand really what that meant. I, I do now. Um, and it's it's question of, do you want to play the victim or do you want to play the victor? Because events are neutral. They have no emotion. You bring the emotion to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it takes the same amount of time to think something bad as it takes to think something good. There's no difference in the time. Yeah, yeah. It, It's just a question of what emotion or thought you bring to that. And, it's quite topical now, given where we are with um, a fairly destructive event which is happening around the world, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's lots a lot of fear. Some people are doing badly. Some people are actually benefiting. So I think everyone has it in them where they get to a point, their own personal trauma, where they say, right, that's it. I've reached the rock bottom. I've reached the limit that I can endure this and something's got to change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I reached that moment actually when I was asleep. And I'd like to be able to be more scientific about it other than I use that as a motivation every day to see if I can help one other person, whether it be, say, something nice to a person, advice, 
or show them a book. I've written a series of books because I really felt it was nice to hand something tangible to something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You go to the doctors and they, they, they give you a prescription. It feels kind of nice because you've got something you can do and off you go and hopefully it'll make you feel better. If the doctor doesn't give you a prescription, just says, yeah, well, I think you just need to lay down for a few days. It's not quite as punchy. Yeah, yeah. So I figured actually that my book would be the equivalent of, we'll take this and uh, <laughs> and see how you go. And uh, the, the books kind of wrote themselves. I didn't actually really struggle with the content at all. What I struggled with was accessing the content because I've used a pen name and I've used a pen name of Kate Summers. And so I've been asked a lot, well, what, what's, the, what's the sort of the story behind the pen name? The, the way I was able to actually draw on research and able to write the books, the first book is about developing self-compassion, is that I had to use a third person's perspective to go in and visit very broken and painful memories. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to do this on a first person and placing myself in the where the memory is, and it completely overwhelms and crushes me. Mm -hmm. So I believe it's been it's called disassociation, that actually you you almost see yourself in a third party, and that was how I was able to to access it. Why a female? Well, at the time I was doing this, a female presence or thought came into being. So I know disassociation can be very scary and I've had moments where it is scary, but I thought, well, again, maybe I can use this. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can actually harness this and turn it into something which will help me. Rather than being scared of it, why don't I see if I can actually build a person? And if I know the person and I know the fear, then I'm not fearing it anymore. Yeah. So that's the story behind using the pen name and giving it its own, own identity. It, did somebody help you with that technique or did you just come up with that yourself? It's, um, I, I see um, a psychologist on a very regular basis. Um, a lot of the thoughts... Uh, I, I mean, when I woke up to start with, I didn't know who I was mm -hmm. or what had even happened. And that feeling went on for, for weeks. And I remember saying to my, my dad one day, I said, look, I trust you. I trust you above everything else. I need you just to answer me one question. Is this real? Because... Mm -hmm. If I am still asleep in a bed in a hospital, I really want you to tell me so I at least know, or is this actually real? And he said, no, this is real. Mm -hmm. And so I then, because I like to do things, I, I thought, oh, well, I'll test it. I'll go into the supermarket and maybe just put something on the floor and see if somebody picked it up or whatever. And, and then I was at a checkout. And the, um, the checkout system was 
quite abrupt. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting because I wouldn't have actually had the thought process to make that up. So I thought, well, that must be real as well. Yeah. So, yes, it was very scary. And my psychologist then used it as a means of accessing by saying, well, look, you're going to take what's called a bystander's view. And so we'll look at what happened in the bystander view. And if it gets too much, we can take a step back and you're in a safe place. So I was like my physiotherapy. I didn't just stop doing the treatment when, I, when the session stopped. I'd go off and think about it and adapt it. So it was kind of his fault in a way. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually has served me very well. And it will continue to serve me because um, I'm not fixed um, mm. and I am broken. But to be honest, I've kind of come to the realization that that's okay. And as my, there's five books in the series and it takes you on a journey of which one of the books, which is coming up is all about actually the pursuit of perfection. What is perfection? And can't we just be happy being imperfect? And who told us anyway that we all had to be a certain thing? Yeah. So relearning, and it has been a relearning exercise because some of the thoughts in my head aren't even thoughts which I remember me having. So it's kind of like walking around with somebody else's head or in somebody else's and having to sort of relearn the basics from walking and everything else you, you really have to sort of build yourself from the nuts and bolts upward upwards mm -hmm. it's well, what I keep thinking as you're telling this story is the process of becoming who you want to be this like you know you're taking who you were and the parts that from trauma, from childhood, or whatever has happened, there's that, and the thoughts that go with it, the coping, the way that we deal with life, and and kind of stay in that loop, and then you you realize that's no longer serving me. So I want to be this now, and making that deliberate choice, um, and how hard that is. And so I'm I'm comparing that idea. So now I want to be an author. I want to be a speaker. I want to be a coach. I want to be something I want to create. Yeah, and and you're absolutely right in that. And and there are I, I spent a long time, and this is only now. I know I appreciate I'm two years into my injury. Which when I see other people, it's like, oh, you're just you're just cutting your teeth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, you are right, because I continuously yearned for what I was beforehand. I was like, oh, well, I was this, I was that. But now, when I actually go back, and I got asked this question recently, well, you know, if you had your wish, would you go back and change it? Yeah. And my answer now, which I couldn't actually believe, was no, I'd rather keep what happened to me. Wow. And, and let's take a note, because I've always fought to try and <laughs> I always try to be better than I, as in feel better than I actually am. And my doctors usually say to me, you need to stop because you're doing too much. But 
I wouldn't swap now what happened to me because I know that I have found a strength which I never really knew existed. Yeah. Because actually you're put in a situation where you have no choice. Mm-hmm. And there's this great thing, you know, falling down is an accident, staying down is a choice. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, well, there's a lot of stuff which I can't fix. It's out of my hands. But at least I have responsibility of trying to fix what's in here. And although that got very badly injured, I mean, I had a seven-hour brain surgery to buy all the bones which had fragmented into the, into the brain. So, you know, it's, when, when it comes to dramatic, I mean, I, you know, oh, I had a rainwater crash. You know, I didn't just sort of, it, people will be like, oh, my God, that's just the scariest thing. But trauma is trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's not a question of, oh, well, I don't think mine is bad enough. If it makes you feel overwhelmed, that's bad enough. Yeah, yeah. And at that point there, it will test you. And humans are, as a race, we are very persistent and very awkward. We don't lay down very well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone, the reason people watch sporting events it's because there's this uncertainty and the team may win. And through the game, there's a balance. One team starts to win the other and, and there's a changing. And that's what pulls us into it. So we are, we are the best comeback kids there in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when you come back, you come back with a knowledge which you wouldn't have been able to have if you hadn't had the challenge. Yeah. And that's what, shapes people and that's what actually people want to gravitate to because they want to say well okay this is what happened to me and these are what I'm feeling is this right is it, you know can I use this or you know there's, there's guilt there's fear there's other things it's like what what how do I get this into some sort of digestible thing which I can proceed with and this is why being able to talk to you and share our discussion, it shows actually that um, I'm an ordinary person. I'm not any special to anyone else. <laughs> I'm just a stubborn person who actually telling my doctor when I literally within think, three or days of waking up that I was I was off going to do this and the doctor sat there and just listened and nodded <laughs> and I, I and she's actually been a very good friend to me and she was like I said to her you know do you remember that time I sat there and I told you I was going to get up here and walk out of here and he said yeah I said how could you not laugh at that story <laughs> she said to be honest she hears it a lot and she said I you know I'm not the person to say, no, you can't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a question about um, rock bottom. When One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was my concern for people who give up, who there are not everybody um, makes that decision. There are some times when people hit a rock bottom and don't have perspective for some reason or maybe 
there's um, substances involved that's altering their thinking. And I really wanted to help those people too, to give them, you know, whatever it takes, you know, a breath or, um, or just somebody to sit with them like your doctor did, you know, in those moments, just to be with you and not deny anything or just be with you and share the pain. No, I, I, I totally, totally get that. Um, and that's why, I mean, I was shown immense kindness mm-hmm. by everyone who I came into. And it was very humbling, even though I was in a pretty busted up state. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, that's really nice. And I thought, well, that's almost like the program which I wanted to do to somebody else. And yeah, there, I mean, the doctors, when I woke up, they, they were my poor parents. They flew from England. I'm in Canada. And they had to get on a seven-hour journey across. And the doctor said, but listen, when you get here, we may actually have to talk to you about the ultimate turning machine off this that bad. Mm-hmm. And my wife came to see me the night before, and she woke up a day before me. So she took to the, her nurses, I want to see Paul. So she came to see me. I was still asleep. And after she left, for whatever reason, I woke up. Mm -hmm. My parents arrived the next day. The doctors were like, well, he's awake. And they said, listen, we have no medical explanation of what happened. So we're going to have to call this a miracle because we have no, we can't put anything behind it to say this is the, so from that point of view, miracles do exist. Mm -hmm. And People who are hitting rock bottom are actually living at rock bottom. This is not somewhere where you'll end up. This is just a phase. And the good thing about rock bottom is there's only one direction. (laughs) (laughs) It's up. There is no other direction because guess what? You are at your lowest ebb. Congratulations. You've, re- you've reached it. Now you've actually got to the, the furthest part of your senses, your abilities. Now is the time when you're in rock bottom to actually look for help, mm-hmm. speak to people, listen to other people's stories. There may be something, one thing, and you only need one thing, which actually may start you on your path. It's up to you where you take that. Mm-hmm. And if it's just one person being non-judgmental, just listening, saying one kind word, then I believe that. My, my personal motto now is that I don't believe in coincidences. Go figure. Having been hit by a train, the coincidences to me is, I can't even say it. Uh, so um, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I also believe that people's paths cross other people's paths for a reason, whether it's to learn something or to pass something on. So what I'm hoping is that people who are listening to this, whether you like it or not, our paths have just crossed. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're here and you're listening to it, it's because you are wanting to try and do something or find something which will help you on your journey. And you've taken the really big and brave step of actually looking. Yeah. And so far you've found this place. This place here 
is a safe harbor. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about harbors and ships is that ships weren't destined to stay in the harbor. They were destined to go out. Mm-hmm. But there is, no, there is no shame of being here. We all are going to be here at some point. <laughs> Life can change in seconds. For me, a blink of an eye. If I stopped, gone to turn the radio up or something else, the train would have missed me. Yeah. So we're here. And it's no saying, well, it's never going to happen to me. I thought that too. Yeah. But now you're here. You're, in, you're amongst friends. Mm-hmm. We're all here. And we all manage somehow through stubbornness or whatever you want to call it to get ourselves back. And there's no reason why that person or people listening cannot feel the same. One word that you said, um, there's no shame or that phrase, there's no shame. That really struck me because that is what I felt like. And, but, and by the way, I think rock bottom is kind of an illusion because it has a basement. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I, I've heard that before and I love that analogy. Yes. But the feeling that was really in my way, the feeling that for whatever reason, I don't know why, but that, that piece of I'm the only one, you know, that self-isolating, um, almost, you know, feeding off of this sense of shame and I can't, I can't get help because I don't want to tell you what a miserable place, even if it's not even something that I was, you know, put to blame for or caused. Part part of the mind, and I've appreciated that the mind is an exceptionally powerful tool. One of the ways when you are in a bad place is it's really clever in isolating you from anyone else who could possibly be helpful. Mm. And it gets you all by yourself, even though you don't want to be alone. Your brain won't let you listen to anything or anything else. Help will seem you don't want it. Yeah. And that can come in wrapped up in many different words, guilt, shame, the whole spectrum. Because once you're down there, you're going to see the whole rainbow of bad stuff. <laughs> um, I was terrified and of not being well. And I have to face the fact that I have a form of disability. And that very word sticks in my throat because I feel that actually it tracks an element of judgment and shame and everything else. Now, judgment and shame are divisive tools to keep you on the floor. Mm-hmm. And the the thing to realize is that actually we all have that, depending on whatever it is. It doesn't matter, and it's okay. It's just it's it's a phase. It's really bad when you're going through it, and I'm not going to make it sound any less serious and hurtful. But you will come out the other side. Because your brain is programmed to survive. Mm. It yeah. goes into survival mode. It cuts down everything else it doesn't need yeah. to survive. And once it gets to the point of, actually, 
okay, my basic needs are, I'm not under threat, I'm not going to be attacked. It then starts all by itself to start to look for the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that is where you start getting the very beginning, the very seeds of what will grow back. And I will tell you now that it will will grow back much stronger than you thought. Mm -hmm. Basically, the big thing is, is to realize that actually you're not alone, that people have gone through what you're going through right this minute. They understand where you are. And if they're like you and are like me, they want to be able to help you so that you can find it and feel comforted. Um, one of the things which I have been asked again recently to say is that I want my struggle to be somebody else's survival guide. Yeah. There was no one there when I did it. Mm-hmm. I was surrounded by caring people, but I had to walk those hard yards by myself. No one can do that for you. but somebody can walk beside you and even they don't even have to say anything just having somebody listening that's it that is all you need and that's why effectively we're here that's what I want to be able to do to other people and it's not about qualifications and everything else it's just purely about experience two there were two phrases that i use for hashtags when i when i write about this one was ask for help i had a very hard time asking for help and tell your story and the idea i had was that our secrets the things that we keep secret because of shame or fear of being rejected whatever it is are the prison of our emotions that we can't deal with those emotions until we unlock them Absolutely. Worse still, when the door has been unlocked, you don't want to leave your cell. You're trapped then, even though the door is open. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and it takes courage mm. to do any of these steps. And just because you're not celebrate as a hero doesn't mean that your efforts any less heroic than anyone else's Mm -hmm. to be able to actually release yourself from the prison of your own mind and then have the courage to walk out of it into something completely foreign to you Mm -hmm. that is a true hero that's why i think your story is so powerful because without knowing what it's going to look like, you know, we're asking people to jump, to have faith. And, and it's, there's no other way around it. It's I'm, I'm jumping. I I don't see how this is going to happen, but he told me it will be okay. And the level of trust I have in you from your experience is giving me that, that courage to jump. Absolutely. Now, if I start a phrase, look before you. Leap. <laughs> there you go. So that's what society has conditioned us to, to think. So we, we second guess we do that. But what we're now saying is 
you've got to throw away that conditioning because that is actually the very thing making you doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if you know the end of that phrase, that means that we're all conditioned. And so what we've actually, and what I've had to do is actually relearn and not listen to what my body's telling me and leap. Yeah. Um, if I listen to my, I have acute PTSD, which means I have noise sensitivity as well. Mm-hmm. And that is because even though I was unconscious, my brain was still recording the sensations and everything around me. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody can talk to me and I can be safely sat in a chair and I can get pain and I can go into a full panic attack. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is the destructive capabilities of brain. Mm-hmm. Just imagine and what the power is to turn that into something good. Mm-hmm. And... I never realized, and I never, re- I didn't even know what a TBI was until I had it. Somebody said, you've got a TBI. I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you don't realize until you actually face that challenge that you have got the strength to deal with it and come out the other side. Mm-hmm. And you'll come out different because you can't go through your emotions, the problems, you can't go through it and not emerge the other side, a different person. And that person will be stronger and it will be wanting to enjoy life, not taking things for granted. Mm -hmm. With my experience with breast cancer and divorce, other things that I've been through, I definitely that, that I say the same thing, not that I would love to have breast cancer again, but I definitely appreciate my health and my life more. You know, I I get up in the morning and I write, I start my my little journal. I have things to do. And my first thing to do is love myself. And I write my name, Joyce, I love you. I I tell myself that. And then I I speak a gratitude and, and it's been, I'm grateful for my health and the health of my family. So. And to be honest, you know, what the way, what we are doing is, it's auto-suggestion, whatever we want to call it, but it's actually, it's, it's, it's genuine. You can't, you can't fuck your own mind. You can, you can, because actually your subconscious is listening. So if you, if you say to something and it's not the truth, you you know, you're putting yourself back in the prison and the door is open again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I genuinely believe that that is is a one. It's healthy. It's powerful. Yeah. And actually, who doesn't want to feel good? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if if you if you've done the crime and you paid your time, well, fine. Enjoy the bit afterwards. You, if you're on rock bottom, you've done the crime. You're paying the time. Okay start learning to enjoy yourself because that is that's the next step yeah yeah and if you're so close to it you you know just on the edge that's where someone talking to you or if or a kind word from me or a book or whatever you want to do whatever you need to pull yourself into that next stage and once you're there fine you can learn and go whichever direction you want yeah, I find it's a for for me now 
and um, and people that I've interviewed like you that it's become a, more of a practice that I can't just like, okay, I, I flipped that switch and now I'm good. Because very quickly, like this past week, I've been like a little bit, of, I don't know if I'm dealing with a cold or if it's all this coronavirus uh, stuff, uh, but, and all the changes in my routine, my, my brain isn't working like it usually does. I have this yeah. fatigue and I'm very, I'll start off great. And then by 10 or 11 o'clock, I'm already, oh my God, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. <laughs> it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant thing. It's not, it's like anything really, which you want, nothing ever comes for free, which is of any good. Yeah. So just like you want to maintain a good state well it it takes constant uh constant work and it's not work which actually is a chore because actually if you set up things which you know you can go to and it's important to think okay i can go here and go there resting i have a huge problem about laying down and resting because i associate that with bad and illness but actually it's like having a pit stop. Yeah. It's necessary to be able to actually go to the next step. It's not a backward slide because it's, you know, your brain will go, oh my God, if you're not doing things, you're, you're not, you're not, that's, that's, that's incorrect. Yeah. Go to what you know and just, just carry on. Like, I, I love what you said there about, you know, being grateful for your health and, and, and for, for feeling happy. If you can put yourself back into that state and almost like re-energize yourself, it will carry through. Yeah, yeah. And I think the more you repeat it, the easier it becomes. I think what you're talking about is I think of it like habits. Like I was in the habit of doing this before and it stopped serving me. Yes. Or I can't remember who I was, so now I have to recreate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so I think of it almost like brushing my teeth. Like I kind of stack it with that. Like, okay, I can't forget to tell myself I love myself because I will go back and think yeah. the way I used to think. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, <laughs> we're quite a remarkable species because we will do anything to stop pain. We're, we're either driven by pain or pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So if you've had pain and you don't want to go back there, you need to associate behaviors which actually push you away from it. And if people, if you, if you, the pursuit of pleasure is good, you actually can actually change and associate things with that. If you have reached rock bottom, it's a clean slate. You've got to wash everything away because whatever you used or thought you was good it arrived you, you arrived at rock bottom. <laughs> so whatever happened didn't work or didn't serve you. So you can't go back. It's like Einstein says, you know, you can't do the same thing and expect different results. Okay. Yeah. So you need to program and put a new set of things. Yeah. And unless you actually put those things and have emotional attachment to it, it's just like writing a shopping list. Mm -hmm. One so of the things I do with, um, for, for just imagery, and it's a form of meditation, I, the place that you live now is where my family is from, that general area. 
So although I didn't know it until I was around 50, I'm really a hockey player. Oh, right. <laughs> so I discovered that my name is Joyce, and I was like, that's just Joy Ice. So when I coach, I became a hockey skater player, and you know now I'm very good at it because you know who I am. I'm like I'm built like a hockey player. I, who knew? So I go out, I sneak on the ice early, and I I do take my camera and I video the, the clean slate. And so when you said that clean slate, I'm like, it's a new day, a new moment. You can carve this ice up however you want. Exactly, and that's the good thing is that. We all have the same amount of time. We have no difference in that. But what we do with the time is what really counts. And having a clean slate, it, it just gives you an enormous sense of freedom because you, there, there's nothing holding you. It's like, well, fine, write whatever you want to write. Yeah. And if you get it wrong, that's fine. You, you know, we get another sheet tomorrow. You get exactly. Another... I mean, people say, oh, you only live once. Wrong. You live every day. You only die once. <laughs> so, you know, basically, you can recreate it, your life, because it's yours. Mm -hmm. It's the, your possession. You can recreate it however you want. Whatever you want to try and achieve, you just need to set your mind to it. Because once you start that, the mind will do it by itself. You just need to constantly shape and guide it. Yeah. And that is, that is the new beginning to people. I, my story, the reason I got here is because actually I was so determined not to stay on the floor. Yeah. And I don't get it right every day. And my, my, my recovery hasn't been anything like straight line. It goes <laughs> up and down. And, and, and there's days where I think this is just terrible. But it's a phase. Yeah. Um, and that gives an enormous amount of strength to actually be able to say to somebody, look, it's terrible. I know it. But it will pass. Yeah. And... Uh, then it's the rebuilding, which is the exciting stage. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's the bit where you're like, oh, my goodness, what do I do now? I want to do this. I want to do that. Oh, I've never jumped out of a plane. It, it takes something like I had a bang on the head, so that changed my stuff. But it takes the proverbial bang on the head, whether it be emotional, physical, spiritual, to actually get you to the stage where you think, right, I'm going to do this now. I wanted to ask you about the two wolves, um, yes. which, you know, I know that story, but you really have that as a theme in your, your series. Yeah, I mean, the two wolves, the, the actual real, um, <laughs> the real story, you're getting it here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the real story is actually about my own dog who actually gave his life to save my 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 little boy and my wife now if i'd have asked a human being to do that to make that sacrifice they wouldn't have done it but for him it was his second nature and i didn't actually realize that the dog was not alive until a long time after when actually i asked my parents well you know who's looking after the dog now like oh okay we just need to have a little chat about that and so I believe that he was a hero and 
the idea of the two wolves really came to me by that, that he was my effectively my white wolf. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to honor his memory. And it kind of inspired me because I thought, well, I like to help people. And I've got to find a medium to do it. But I didn't just want to give people a list of do's and don'ts. And if you do that, you'll be better. I wanted to try and tell a story. So it kind of just two ideas came at the same time. And it's something which has a deep emotional connection with me. And it can be used in every facet of your life. So I thought, well, if I get to the point where I can tell somebody a story and they can pick something up, self-help, reaching, positive motion, it all rolled into one thing that people might remember it a bit more. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it kind of just, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to over-trivialize it, but it just actually just seemed to fall into place because the ideas were so strong and are strong that it sort of took a life, it took on a life of its own. Um, and I'm hoping, I really do hope that um, other people will, when they look at it and see that, they will feel that and adopt it because it's it's a really good way of living. And I think a lot of people know the story behind The Two Wolves, but will you share it just? Yes, for sure. I mean, yeah. the, the, the whole story of The Two Wolves is from an old Native American tale where grandfather is telling his grandson a a, a story where there's these two wolves and I will abbreviate it but basically he asked the son a grandson um which of the two wolves survives and the grandson thinks and he says well I don't know and the grandfather says whichever wolf you feed so the white wolf is meant to represent hope, spirit, um, good positive intentions. And the black wolf is meant to represent the flip side. So self-doubt, the negative talk, the isolating guilt, etc. And there's a battle between every single one of us of this every day, the white wolf and the, and the black wolf. Mm. And you don't want to get rid of one to the exclusion of other because having the black wolf there will save you. It's, it's programmed for fear and it will keep you safe. Mm-hmm. But once it's done its job, it does need to actually step back down and the, allow the balance of the white wolf. And so, and, and the same with, with the white wolf, you can't just have white wolf without actually that. So I'm sorry, it's a spoiler, but kind of like there's a balance and what the books actually show through the various topics of identifying what is a black wolf, what is a white wolf behavior. And actually people will say, oh, yeah, okay, I see that. And I recognize that in myself. And once that you recognize what's going on, it takes the fear away because it's not unknown anymore. So you think, oh, okay, that is the black wolf. And you know what, that was cunning, okay but the white wolf was always there. So these wolves always exist inside of us. 
And depending on what's going on, one will be in an ascendance and one won't. So it's the old yin and yang, but it's just told in a slightly different phrase, which I thought was a fascinating way to actually examine negative bad things mm-hmm. and actually show that there was something because people can relate. They are oh, nice doggies, even if you don't like wolves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's actually something that people then can think, well, actually, whilst they're sat there, think, yeah, okay, I know what this is. That may be a black wolf behavior. Yeah. Um, one of the stories I talk about later is self-doubt and self-sabotage. Yeah. And that's really interesting because the white wolf has got you to a really good place and they're like, yeah, well done. And then you take your, you take your view off what's going on and the black wolf comes and undoes all the work. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, how can that possibly be balance? So it's quite an interesting, and we go through some very interesting topics in the books. Um, and it's only, it's a mini series, but what I want to do and is then afterwards have a break and then carry on with the set. Um, but I have found myself looking at things in a different light, just simply because I've thought thinking slightly differently. And it helps actually to get things in context and perspective, which is the thing which goes out the window. The first thing that goes out the window is perspective. Yeah, yeah. Because then you'll think all the problems, all the problems seem to be right up close in your personal space. Yeah, yeah. And that's what makes you... I mean, I know I have panic attacks now. I've never had them in my life before, but I know how devastatingly real they feel. Mm-hmm. But it's a perspective issue. Mm-hmm. And so if people have that, that's not a shameful thing. That's actually the brain trying its very hardest to protect you from something. Mm-hmm. It goes into survival mode. Mm-hmm. And that's... and. I've had these panic attacks in public where I'm in the middle of a mile and it, something happens and I look like I'm a drunk person walking because I'm holding onto the walls. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. I have no energy at that point, but any energy I have is try to make myself stand up properly and not look like I'm suffering. And my body's saying, you haven't got this energy to do this, but still that there's something in my mind saying it. So I know how powerful it can be in that rock bottom and the basement of rock bottom still. But it's okay. It's it, Once you accept the fact that you're there, it's then a rebuild exercise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're about. And that's why we connected because I want to be in a position and I'm looking for more and more mediums of communication to be able to actually reach down and help somebody else. And the first book I did is, is free. Well, that's because actually, <laughs> hello, I'm just wanting to get the message out there. <laughs> Money will come at a later point. That, that's, that's a, that's a topic for another day, but actually the, the whole idea of, being there to help somebody is what gives me fulfillment now mm-hmm. and it then makes me feel like I have a purpose and that's when 
that well, whoever comes out of this rock bottom, they will want to help the next person mm-hmm. because it will help help them. Yeah, I hear that over and over. There was, um, there you are, <laughs> your, your image froze again. There was one other thing I wanted to ask you about before we wrap up, and I think we touched on it some, and it's about, I think it's this ability to be compassionate with ourselves and love ourselves and forgive. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I absolutely, I I completely agree. And I was hopeless at self-compassion before my accident. It was one of those things that, yeah, I'll get around to doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was actually my doctor said to me, the same one who listened to me tell her I was going to do that and the other. She she said, you know what, Paul, you're going to really need to develop some Mm self-compassion. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that before. So I went away and I looked it up, researched it, and I thought, you know, it's absolutely right. So I thought, well, I know the basics of it, but how can I make it actually real to me? So what I did is this is where I started to go inside my head, and I thought, well, the only way I'm going to be able to do that is to go and visit the painful experiences because that will actually effectively be my guide. Mm-hmm. to be compassionate about if it had been let's just say for example if i lost lots of money and i was bankrupt well my compassion would actually have to be tailored to what the experience was so my self-compassion may be different to somebody else's mm-hmm. but it's what works for you as the individual the exercises the the talk and that's where my first book actually it has a few little exercises and points which can help. They help me, and that's why I stand by them. It's not saying if you do that religiously, it's going to work. You have to put your own variation of what actually works for you, mm-hmm. and it's that which actually then pushes you into your forgiveness, and it pushes you into actually looking after yourself because society has always said well if you do that you're selfish mm-hmm. well it, that, that again is not a helpful conditioning tool right. and it's something which if somebody is likes to give a lot it's it, it if somebody says you're selfish it's, it's like the worst insult you can be given so you actually have to throw that off and actually say, and the way I've done that is actually I, I say, well, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. In that you have to, you have to actually look after yourself first if you are going to willing and able to give to somebody else. And that is where I am in that my cup is complete it's not perfect Mm -hmm. but it's good enough to be able to actually help somebody else and there are days when I'm unwell and I can't help because I can't help because I'm busy looking after myself but when I come out of those I go back to what my original thing was well how can I help somebody else it's very simple it's it and 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 actually simpler you make it the easier it is to go back to and reinforce. Mm-hmm. 
forgive, help somebody else, pay it forward is another one. Mm-hmm. Where and and where actually you know do something nice for somebody, buy somebody a coffee or something. It it doesn't have to be big, yeah. but the reward you get from it yourself is completely immeasurable to the small little act you've done. And that's why I think why we can help because we can actually say that kind word, do that deed because we are in that position to be able to do it. And uh, the person who's in rock bottom just needs to be brave enough to see it for what it is. It is a kind gesture without judgment, without conditions, without payback or anything else. It just genuinely is something them to get a foothold yeah. on their journey yeah it's so amazing that those tiny gestures can make all the difference um, and never underestimate the power of those you know reaching out or saying a kind word or yeah and it doesn't have to be the big the big over you know gestures of of you know of doing things which attract headlines, etc. It's the stuff. <laughs> they say integrity is the, is is a what there's doing good when there's no one else watching, and that is actually it. It's not you don't need. And I'm a believer in the law of attraction and the universe, and I do believe that if you do and put out good into the universe, that you get proportionately or disproportionately back mm-hmm. and more importantly it's helped me heal so actually yeah I'll, I'll come out and say it's selfish because I'm helping you and actually guess what it's helping me at the same time yeah that's beautiful well we're about out of time <laughs> um, I do want to make sure people know how to reach you and, and make sure if there's anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up. Absolutely. I mean, I am very active on LinkedIn. It's been, I'm like a kid with a new toy on that. So um, I, I welcome, <laughs> I, I, I'm late to the party. I know, but I'm enjoying it. Um, uh, but if anyone wants to contact me through that, then, uh, Paul Rogers. Uh, I, I kind of stick out. I've got dreads. So, you know, there's not many Paul Rogerses with dreads. So if it looks like that, it's me. Um, my, If you want to search for books online, it's Amazon.com. And that will be under my pen name of Kate Summers. Yeah. Um, and finally, there is a website which I'm just actually working on and releasing, which is called Take Action Academy, and it's www.takeactionacademy.ca because I'm up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And that is designed to be a f- framework of all different other articles, training videos, some are paid for, some are free. And it's uh, basically you pick and choose and tailor make what you need from it. Mm-hmm. And that there is, I just felt that I needed another framework to be able to actually deal with bigger issues and reach more people. And so that's how I do it through my books. And through that, I want to hopefully do things like public speaking or I can webinars. Um, I mean, the sky is the limit. And, and again, I'm open to suggestions. Hey, this is, 
this is new stuff for me. So there is no such thing as a bad idea. Um, so yeah, I mean, get in touch. Um, I'll be delighted to hear from you. And if I can help you, will. I'm not a substitute for a therapist, but I certainly have a, a good ear. And if I can give you just a little bit, or if you don't want to want that, you just want to talk, that's fine as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I've learned so much from you today, and I'm so inspired um, to hear your story and hear your perspective and your unique Thank words you. and fra- the way you phrase things and uh, just everything about it is so moving. And I appreciate your taking the time to share it with me and with our viewers. Um, and hopefully we can do more together because I would love to collaborate again in any way I can to support what you're doing and as, a, as part of your team help more people. Absolutely. I mean, being able to actually talk to somebody and just, for me, it's just words, but if it's, and uh, there is an emotion there, but if it, if it hits something in that person, uh, I suppose that's the teacher in me, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing the light go on behind the eyes. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on to rock bottom and we will meet again. Thank you very much. Hey everyone, Joyce Strong back again just to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. I want to remind you that you can visit me at TotalWellCoach.com, which links to all of my social media and my offerings, my Inner Circle membership, which is a an entry-level way to get involved, get coaching, and get all my classes for one low monthly fee. And if you want more, work with me one-on-one with intensive nutrition and lifestyle so that you can opt out of chronic disease, then get in touch with me and we'll talk about how that happens. We spent a lot of time together. I want you to join the one-on-one coaching if you're really committed to making a lifestyle change and you want a guide and a support and a friend to walk with you in this journey. You're going to do the work. I'm going to support you. Um, You already have what you need inside you to make these changes. So do reach out to me at TotalWellCoach.com. I love it when you subscribe and share and comment on all my um, YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and all those places because it elevates my frequency and it gets more people to hear and see what I do. So please, 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 I really, it means the world to me if you would help support me that way because you're helping support my entire network. I'm here for you if you need me. So thanks again for tuning into the podcast and reach out. Love to hear you. Love to get your comments. Love to get your DMs. Love to get your emails. Any way I can help, let me know. That's what I'm here to do. I love to serve. So thanks again. Bye.